Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week and thank you again for taking time out of your schedule or setting your DVR or watching us on YouTube or whatever outlet you are for joining us. We don't take you for granted. We appreciate you and we appreciate uh, you taking the time to listen to us. We're talking about the seven I am's of Jesus out of the Gospel of John. Uh, we began a series probably I'm going to say somewhere around 14 weeks ago where we're talking about the seven times Jesus said, I am. And uh, when he did that, he said it in contrast to, uh, in other words, he would say things like, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they're dead, but I'm the true bread. So what he would always do is say, you thought that was the bread, but I'm the bread. So he's really contrasting and refuting what they thought from an old covenant paradigm was the bread, or in some cases, like he says, I am the light. And he begins to declare, I am the true light that came into the world. And you thought that the law of Moses was the light, but that's not the light, I'm the light. You thought that the bread was that in the wilderness, but that's not the bread, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. You thought that the door was through your performance and your works-based religious system, but that became a thief to you. But I am the door. And this last couple of weeks we've been talking about I am the shepherd, because they thought that the shepherds of Israel were the true shepherds, when in fact they were not the shepherds. They were the ravenous wolves that had come in to scatter the sheep. And Jesus says, I am the true shepherd, and I am the shepherd of the sheep, and my sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. Now before I get into the meat of this, because I want to get into Psalm 23 uh, today, I think, and talk about the Lord is my shepherd. But before I do, I want to simply mention, because if you just listened to what I said a few minutes ago, uh, this is 14 weeks into this series. And if you've missed any of it, I've got good news for you. You can go back and listen to it at your convenience on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch it on demand. And you can also, you say, well, I don't have time to sit and, and watch programming. Uh, but I spend a lot of time in my car commuting to and from work. Well, I've got good news for you. You can go to our podcast and stream the audio portions of this to your automobile or your smart device, or you can download it, all kinds of stuff, so you can hear the audio portions of it. And you say, well, I don't have uh, YouTube, nor do I have iTunes. I have an Android. Well, the good news is we have it available as an RSS feed as well. Now, the easiest way to do any of that would be to go to my website at lynnhiles.com, and that information is on the screen. And in the upper right-hand corner, there are icons. One says for YouTube, one for iTunes, one for Android device. If you just simply tap on those icons, they will take you directly to those different outlets. The opening page will come up with the video that's the most current from what we have aired. And if you tap on that, that will take you to our YouTube page. And if you want to subscribe to any of those, it will send you a notice every time we upload a new video 
or a new audio file to them, and it doesn't cost you anything. It's simply free of charge. Now, you, while you're there at the website, you may want to look at some of the books and products we have there. We have several books we've written from Law to Grace. Matter of fact, they're laying here on the table from Law to Grace is my newest one. Uh, the Revelation of Jesus Christ is available. Uh, the Unforced Rhythms of Grace is available. And just a whole host of audio stuff, both for download and for CD uh, formats. And you can... Uh, matter of fact, you can get this book now as an audio book on Audible and from our website or order a jump drive. It's available almost every way you can imagine. All of these are available in Kindle and, and uh, digital for your... You can just get them in so many ways and, and you can order them from the website. You can also give while you're there if you'd like to and we appreciate that. Let's get in the Word again though today. I don't want to talk about that too much except to tell you we, we're talking about I Am the Good Shepherd. And let me just again read from my text so that we can get, uh, get started into this. This is verse 11, John 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is in hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am, no, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Now he's talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles here. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Not a couple different, not segmented, not segregated, not divided, but one shepherd and one sheepfold, and one way in. We've already talked to that when I talked about the door. The door is Jesus. I am the door, and He's the only way in. And through that door we enter in and we find that life that He wants to give us. And He goes on to say, uh, let me see where I was at here. Uh, he, he says, uh, uh, Other sheep have I which are not of this fold, them also must I bring, and they shall hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I laid down my life for the sheep. And, that, and, and I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now, last week I began to show you how that... Uh, let me just give you uh, one contrast here. The, uh, this is Isaiah 56. Verse 8 said, The Lord God which gathereth the outcast of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. In other words, he's talking about again in the prophecy from Isaiah the inclusion of both Jew and Gentile into the sheepfold. He goes on to say in verse 9, All ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all the beasts of the, in the forest. His watchmen are blind. Note that, they're blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. I believe that's what Jesus meant when He said, don't give what's holy 
to swine and don't, uh, don't cast your pearls before swine and don't give what's holy to dogs. He was talking about these polluted watchmen that were not interested in helping people. They were interested in filling their own pockets and lining their own. Uh, they were out for their own uh, good, if you will. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain and from his quarter. Now Jesus used that same language again. I mentioned this last week, but I'm just getting this place to springboard from. In Matthew 15, Jesus almost uses this same verbiage when he says in Matthew 15, verse 13 through 14, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. He calls these leaders. Jesus is standing there looking at the Pharisees and the rulers of the synagogue, and he's saying to them, you are blind leaders of the blind. The same verbiage he uses in Isaiah when he talked about these wicked shepherds. And it's in that contrast that Jesus said, you thought, or he didn't say it exactly, this is my words, you thought they were the shepherds. They're not the shepherds. I'm the good shepherd. I laid down my life for the sheep. And I think that's powerful to see the shift that's there. Now, I don't want to go back into a lot of what we did last week, but I do want to come with this thought, man. When I begin to see him say, I am the good shepherd, immediately Psalm 23 began to come to me. Well, let me, let me grab this verse here, if I can find it real quick. Um, yeah, let me, let, because this kind of sets the say, stage. This also is in, this is Jeremiah 23, verse 1 through 6. It said, Woe be unto the pastures that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastures that feed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord, and I will gather the remnant of the flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto, the, uh, that I will raise unto David. Watch this. I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And, and in his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Now, when I come down to Psalm 23, which is a psalm of David, David is, I believe, saying some things prophetic that are messianic. He is pointing, you know, God told David, I'm going to build you a dynasty. And out of your loins, out of your loins is going to come one who will never vacate the throne. That prophetic word and that covenant promise, Jesus fulfilled, who was the greater son of David, who is forever seated right now on the throne at the right hand of God, ever living to make intercession for us. So when I read Psalm 23, I, I, I hear something powerful. The Lord is my shepherd. Let me just stop with that for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He, the, the Lord is my pastor. 
And then uh, King James says, I shall not want. I don't think that means I don't have any desires. I think what he's saying here is, hallelujah, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will lack for nothing. Remember what he just promised above? You'll be fruitful. He'll gather those of the flock, and he will cause the house to be a fruitful people, and the righteous branch that the Lord gave is going to cause them to come back into the flock and be blessed. I want to tell you that, you know, I just hope we can get this. Many people have a concept of God that he's out to get them. And the reality of it is, is He's not out to get you in the sense of doing you evil. He has a heart towards you, uh, to bring you into a fold where there can be a protection. You know, I shared, I believe it was in the last segment, how when the shepherd would take his flock, he would set, bring them into uh, like the corrals, and they would bring them into these places at night where they would keep them to protect them from the ravenous wolves. And he would literally lay down in front of the door or the gate of that sheepfold, literally saying to their enemies, if you're going to get to my sheep, you're going to have to do it through me. I don't know if that blesses you or not, but that makes me thankful that the Lord is my pastor and that he's willing to lay down his life for his sheep. And he did exactly that so that even the last enemy, which is death, could not have full jurisdiction over you, that he has the keys even to that, so that there is nothing that's outside of his protection. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my pastor. Now, I believe there are under shepherds because he talked about in Isaiah, I will give you shepherds that are going to feed you. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But what we need to understand is he is the chief shepherd. He is the chief apostle. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the chief of everything. And the reality of it is, I am thankful He's my shepherd. I will lack for nothing. The second thing He does is He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Now, I don't know how much of this I'll get done in this segment, but whatever I don't, I'll come back and reiterate in the next one. Lying down in green pastures to me signifies or symbolizes to me of the new covenant. Now, for your note's sake, if you'd like to, you can read Revelation chapter 4, where it says this, And I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and a throne was set. And one sat on the throne that was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now, let me just say to you that those iconic things are a door. First of all, He's the door. Secondly, I saw a throne. That's a symbol of the kingdom. That's the government of heaven. The kingdom replaced the law. The third thing He sees is one sitting on the throne. We won't go into all the typology there, but there's a rainbow. This is what I'm after. There's a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now, a rainbow is the symbol of a covenant. Anybody with any kind of biblical understanding can look back at Noah and realize when God set the bow in the cloud, it was His declaration that I will never again destroy the earth with a flood. And it was His covenant to Noah. Now, let me just say to you, wow, there's so much I could just unpack right there that I've just almost even forgot about. But uh, 
because let me just say this. I will say this. I will unpack it. The, the ark of Noah is a powerful picture again of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. You say, how is that? Because Jesus is our ark that carries us out of an old world dominated by sin and by the curse and carries us into a new world where God renews a covenant with us. He told Noah, build an ark to the saving of your house. And uh, what, he, what he does is he tells them to build it out of gopher wood because if you're going to save a family, there's got to be a tree involved. But the next thing he says, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. The word pitch it there is the Hebrew word kephar, and it is the word that we translate every place else atonement. So what, what seals us in uh, this ark called Christ is the atoning blood of Jesus, and what seals out the world is the atonement of Jesus Christ. We get it in this ark called Christ, and He takes in Himself both clean and unclean, because on the cross He deals with, and on the tree, He deals with our sin to carry us into a new world where the curse has been reversed. There's only one door in the ark. His name is Jesus. You can go back and add that to, I am the door. There's only one window above. And that window, that, that, that it was above. So if you're going to look out, you've got to look up. And out of that same window, Noah releases two birds. One is a dirty bird. It's an unclean bird. It flies all the way through the Scriptures and lands in the book of Revelation where Babylon has become the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. But the dove only has to fly to the book of Matthew where it finds the olive branch, Jesus Christ, in the river Jordan being baptized. He's emerging up out of the water. The real ark just came up out of the waters of baptism in the Jordan River, and the dove landed on Jesus, and the Father said, This is my son and whom I'm well pleased. I think you could say it like this. When Jesus emerged, the Father said, right there is the new world. Right there is where the curse has been reversed. Right there is the ark that's going to carry you into the new world where it's going to be a brand new covenant. And, and what's ironic is, I believe it's Peter that gets a hold of this and says in one of his epistles that, that the ark of Noah was a picture of how even water baptism doth now even save us. So when we go down into the waters of the flood, we go down into the ark called Jesus, we are identifying with His death, His burial. But when we come up, we identify with His resurrection, which brings us into a new world and into a new covenant. And I said all that to make this point. What is significant about that emerald is the fact that it's green. Now let me say that again. I said this, this ark, or this, this, this throne, and this rainbow speaks of the kingdom with the new covenant, but the rainbow is in sight like a an emerald. An emerald is green. You say, why is that important? Because He causes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, the only place that you could lie down. What's lie down? That means it speaks of the posture of rest is when you understand this new covenant, it will bring you into green pastures. Isn't it interesting that in one of the first I am's of Jesus, when He says, I am the bread, He led them out into the wilderness and told them to sit down on the green grass? Not an accident. 
That's because he wants, he's showing, I am the bread. I am the good shepherd. And I'm going to lead you into green pastures. I'm going to lead you into new covenant ministry that's going to, that's going to lead you beside still waters, untroubled, uh, un, un, you know, with the strife and the struggle. I am so thankful that, that we've come to still waters. You know, sheep won't drink from troubled water. And so, you know, so many times I believe people have refrained from the water of life because we have put, brought them not to uh, still waters. We brought them to troubled waters. We've not brought them into green pastures. We've not brought them into uh, something where they can feed on this green, life-giving substance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. One of the prophets in the Old Testament also said, I will anoint you with fresh oil. The word fresh there for, is a Hebrew word. Fresh is the Hebrew word green. I will anoint you with green oil. I believe if there's ever an anointing people need to get today, it's a green anointing. It's an anointing to preach the new covenant. I pray for every pastor, every true leader, every under-shepherd, because the Lord is my shepherd. But I pray for every under-shepherd, every pa pastor, that He anoints you with green oil, and that your message changes to be one of the new covenant. I, and I don't think it's an accident, even the night Jesus is born, that there were shepherds that were in the fields watching their flocks by night. It was a night season. I believe there are many shepherds today, who are many under-shepherds who are watching their flocks, and they're still in a night season, but suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him that said this, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, including Jew and Gentile. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The message that he was bringing to the shepherds is, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'm telling you, God is speaking to shepherds. This is the message. And then suddenly there was with the angel a heavenly host saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. You hear that? Not just heaven, but on earth, peace. Here's God's heart in the new covenant, and goodwill towards men. If our message is not including that, we probably are not feeding our people on green pastures. If you're feeding them on the death and despair of an old covenant paradigm that can never bring them to a place of rest or a place of peace beside still waters, you may not be preaching the good news. Or you may not be preaching the new covenant. Because when you begin to preach these kinds of things, what happens is that people begin to come into arrest from the storms of life. I don't think it's an accident also that in the Song of Solomon, which is to me one of the most powerful divine romances anywhere in the Scriptures, because it's a, it is a powerful picture of the king who has fallen in love with a little shepherd girl who doesn't think she's palace material, and falls in love with her. And he brings her into the courts of the king 
in uh, chapter 1, he takes her for a walk in the gardens. If I could say it like this for you who are Bible scholars, he takes her for a walk in the outer court. He is introducing her to the first, uh, uh, if you will, first expressions of his love, like when we first get saved. The second chapter, or towards the end of the first one in the second chapter, he brings her to the banqueting house and stays her with flagons of wine. That's Pentecost. That's where the wine of the Holy Spirit is poured out. And he pours out the wine of the Holy Spirit and gives her flagons of wine, and she enjoys the wonderful whining and dining and the gifts that you bring when you're courting someone, the gifts of the Spirit, if you will. He shows up on the porch with a box of chocolate-covered prophecies and a bouquet of word of knowledge and flagons of wine. He's going to let her experience the second dimension, which is Pentecost. But she, and I believe it is in the second chapter, he takes her to the third room, which is the bedroom, the place of intimacy and the place of rest. And when he does, it takes her breath away, and she looks and she says, Behold, our bed is green. In other words, that's not an accident that the bed is green, because the bed is the place of reproduction, but it's also the place of rest. But the most promising place of reproduction and rest is when you understand the new covenant and the work of Jesus Christ as the shepherd who has finished the work. And then the next verse says, And so he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, I'm not going to get to the path of righteousness in this one, but I want to get this to you. that The Scripture says we receive the end of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls. Now, right believing and getting your mind transformed, we, we are changed by the renewing of our minds, where we get a right concept, our right identity back, a right belief system, our right living, our right believing produces right living. It leads us in the path of righteousness for His namesake and yields to us the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the room I want. I'm looking for, uh, hallelujah, my shepherd. And I endure my shepherd who makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Behold, our bed is green. It's the place of rest. The emerald is green. It's the covenant symbol of new covenant. Can you see these scriptures just powerfully unfolding as he leads us in to feed on what his death, his burial, and his resurrection, the one who laid down his life for the sheep. We are going to see him in the shadow of a death in a minute, but the shadow of the death was the death of the cross. That was in the shadow of it. We're about out of time for this segment. Join me again next week as we conclude this segment dealing with the Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23. If these have been a blessing to you, uh, please take a moment to call the number on the screen. There will be someone standing by to take your call if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry. If you don't get an answer and you'd like a call back, please leave a message. We have a limited amount of people answering phones. The easiest way to do that is to go to our website, though, 
and uh, there is a place where you can give via credit card or MasterCard or Visa or any, any type of a credit card on PayPal. You can also set up a monthly debit if you'd like to become a partner with our ministry, and we do need your partnership. You can also send check or money order to the address that will come up on the screen, and we will deeply appreciate it. God bless you. Till next week. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.